going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Wednesday. I'm not going to say it, but you know do what it. day it you is. Know you want it. <laughs> no, I won't do it. I do it too many times. It's the middle of the week. It's that time where you're trying to get over the hump to yeah. the next of the week. Uh, okay, well I played. But I didn't say it. Uh, big show we got to get to. NFL teams. We're going to break down some of the undefeated teams as well as the teams that are 0-3. There's a really fascinating development in college football that I'm really curious to get your take on, Rajah, where you see a player transferring. You already uh, know my take. I don't know. This you one's, already know my don't take. don't know. Right We're going to see. I'll get you up to date on that with De'Ara King at Houston. The news out of there. And Lonzo Ball and LeVar Ball reportedly not talking. We'll tell you what that means. And it's Wednesday. Shoe we Showdown? Yeah, Shoe Showdown. Can we yeah. do something real quick? Like yeah. if anybody's listening, like real-time type listening. What you got? If you already know my take. <laughs> on the transfer thing. If you think you already know my take, and then it's confirmed that you knew my take, text us in or 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 okay. send it, put it put yeah, it in. Put uh, it on Twitter yes. at Canel and Bell at Danny Canel. I don't know how active our Canel uh, and Bell account is right now. Yes. Kind of been focusing on some other things. Uh, iTunes comment. Yeah, there go, you go. go there, put it on the a five star comment. review right. and go put it on the comment. Say, say I knew what Raja was going to yes, say. I'm that transparent. I knew guys. what was going <laughs> to happen there, but I th- I don't know. I think you might go in a different direction right. on this one. You know, I have a business idea. Uh, and you just made me think of this because of what we're wearing today. I am wearing a hoodie. It's kind of a t-shirt hoodie. Mm-hmm. You have on your hoodie sweatshirt. Yep. I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I feel like sometimes I want to start a business. Hoodies would be my uniform. Like if you said you can only wear one thing every single day of the week. And I know we live in South Florida and it's hot, so it might not be that great. A hoodie for me, there's just something about it that's comforting. Oh yeah. It's cozy. Um, and yet, I think you can dress them up a little bit if you do it right. Yeah. I want to start a business, just hoodies. I'm just going to make hoodies, and I'm going to do them all different ways. I'm going to do them form-fitting. I'm going to do them baggy, different size hoods, different materials, stuff you can wear in warmer weather, stuff in colder weather, just hoodies. That's it. You say different size hoods? Yes. What is that? <laughs> well, don't, well, hold on. This is mean? very important. Different size no, no. hoods. Oh, yeah. Hold on. You wait. When you wear a hoodie, you don't appreciate some that have bigger hoods or smaller because here's what i'm getting at sometimes nike yeah wears the ones that are like super form fitting over the top yes Cut. like so yeah this is i so those are good if you're working out potentially right. or if okay. you're doing something like that but if i'm on a plane and i'm traveling i want a nice big hood that i can go that just covers a lot it can kind of go over my hat. You can pull it down a little bit more. So you need to appre- see. This is why I'm passionate about hoodies. Yeah, I'd say, so apparently I need, to, I need to take uh, it to the next level. I can appreciate your entrepreneurial spirit. There you go. Um, you're gonna be an investor. I don't know that a hood size would <laughs> right. mean as much to a consumer as you think it might. You'd be surprised. Okay, I might be. You'd be say, hey, sock companies now are labeling them left and right. Like, did you I, ever think we'd live in that environment? I'm no. gonna hit you up for an investment. They're not making like slouchy socks, and are they? Yeah, they do. Danny, you could get a. You might be able to get Mellow to to sign on exactly. as your rep, Hoodie Mellow. Oh He's not God. doing anything right now. You could get Mellow. Exactly. I'm gonna hit you up for an investment too, Raj. See if you can invest. You could be. A, you could be. In a, you get it on the ground floor. <laughs> so we gotta blow that thing up. All right, we'll keep you updated on that. I don't know if it's gonna happen anytime soon. All right, the NFL. As we sit here today, after three weeks of the season. There are eight undefeated teams that remain. Some of them, I think you could poke holes in their resume. Other ones you could look at and say, you know what? This team is legit. There's no way you can look at it. So let's do a little buy or sell with the undefeated teams that remain in the NFL. Patriots are 3-0. and Wins over the Steelers, Dolphins, and Jets. I think this one's an easy one. Yes, their resume isn't exactly, let's feel like resume. I feel like we're talking about college football. Uh, the Dolphins and Jets are two of the worst teams in the NFL, so it's hard to give them credit for that. But 
They did dominate the Steelers week one. And, oh, by the way, they're the Patriots. Yeah, correct. That's all you need to say. <laughs> it doesn't matter what their, their resume is so far. They're the Patriots. You're going to buy that regardless. All right. The next team up, the Chiefs. Chiefs, I think, are starting to get the type of respect that they deserve. They get the same type of respect that the Patriots get. Patrick Mahomes looked like he's going to probably go back-to-back on the MVP. There's a lot of football left. Even their resume, I think, is strong, having beaten the Jags, Raiders, and Ravens when they went toe-to-toe against Lamar Jackson this past weekend. They didn't really struggle in that game either. So I would say you would absolutely buy up all you can get with the Chiefs. Yeah, you buy up the Chiefs. Um, Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. You look at the Patriots' defense and what they've not allowed anyone else to do. Patrick Mahomes himself, I heard the stat yesterday, scored 24 against them in a, in a fourth quarter. Like, he's got that type of ability. And the kicker with them is they haven't been healthy. Right. Like, they're missing a whole lot of weaponry right now, and they're still doing it. So I, I think you definitely got to buy that. The question is, you know, whether that defense at the end of the day um, holds up, but it might not matter because their offense might be that potent. Here's what gets kind of crazy is when the Jalen Ramsey situation, which – I. If I'm the Jags, I'm still thinking, hey, how do we figure out to make this work? Maybe you have to pay him. The owner says he wants to pay him. Shad Khan is like, I want to pay him. So why aren't you paying him? You're the only one that matters. I'm happy because yeah. all this, you know, the disrespect that Jalen Ramsey felt or the whatever issue that's between him and Doug Marone when they were yelling at each other's sideline, that all goes away pretty much in a hurry. Right. If you pay him his money, all of a sudden, I think you could work it out. But if you're the Chiefs, the Chiefs are thinking Super Bowl too, right? They lost at home last year in that AFC championship game. They are one notch away. I feel like if they got Jalen Ramsey, all of a sudden they would be that team that would be a lock to win the AFC. I think they would beat the Patriots, and I, I think they would be significantly better. Me too. I, ju- I don't know what that means to you like long-term in terms of cap flexibility when you when you get Jalen right. and then you got to sign him to that number. I don't know what that like doesn't allow you to do on the back end, uh, but purely like for right now, trying to win that championship, yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Somehow, somehow the Cowboys managed to figure out yeah. how to pay all these guys and keep them all happy, right. uh, it, and I'm sure – that's why there's not a deal being done because – and you never know what Jalen's asking for, what his agent's asking for, but that's probably what's preventing this deal from getting done is everybody's like, well, if I'm going to give up a one or two ones, which is, I don't think that's what happens, but they're probably like, we got to have a deal in place, yeah. and that's probably what's holding up this deal, but no chance about it. So the Patriots and Chiefs, we are buying. All right, gets a little bit more interesting. AFC East, another team, the Buffalo Bills, yeah. wins over the Jets, Giants, and Bengals. So that's not exactly a gauntlet, but they also have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. With that being said, are you buying the Bills? I cannot buy the Bills. I think that it's a fantastic story. Um, I like that they've kind of turned it around. Defense is fifth in the league. Um, offense, eighth in the league. Like I, 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 All of those numbers are great, and I think they're trending. But when you say buy, I have to believe that they can – win a championship and i think they're probably a year away from in like that conversation with me i would sell them all day long right now as it sits today even with that josh allen i still think is a work in progress he's he's shown flashes he's mobile he's got an absolute cannon he probably he might have a stronger arm than patrick mahomes right like just if you said hey who throw it it the furthest yeah but he doesn't know where it's going all the time he'll misfire and also decision making and his running ability which is becoming a pretty good threat for them I don't know. I just I don't trust him yet right. as much as I would anybody else in the AFC. So I would say sell the Bill stock, even though I do think they're a playoff team. Right. But I think they're going to be that team that gets bounced in the first round when they face a quality team, which is a good step. Oh, absolutely. Like, for a Bills fan. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah, it's absolutely a step in the right uh, directions. Our girl Hannah. We haven't given Hannah shout a shout out, out in a long time. Uh, she'll be thrilled to hear that that they're ahead in the right direction. All right, the Cowboys. 
Now, I think instantly your reaction would be, buy him, right? 3-0, and Dak looks awesome. Right. There is a but, which I'm curious to know what you think, Raja. Are you buying or selling the Cowboys? Oh, but it's a buy. I know what you're going to say. You're going you're gonna to reference their third toughest remaining schedule in the NFL. Brutal. Right? It's brutal, right? But what I'm going to say is Ezekiel Elliott probably still isn't in form yet. Um, they'll have the ability now that Dak looks like he's getting, uh, you know, his – the growth process is has is, is been steady for him where you could go into a game and you could game plan to either use Zeke or use Dak or any combination of the two. I think they're that much more dangerous. Um, and if they stay healthy, you know, they'll win that division. And I do buy them that they could beat anyone on any given day. I'm buying them too. Yeah. I am. I think they are a lock to win the NFC East. The Eagles uh, are kind of a mess right now. And it's a lot of it's physically they're getting banged up. But they also had a pretty ugly loss this past weekend against Detroit. Uh, the other thing too, I, so I wanted to see it like super hot take. And I might've said this last week. I can't say it this week because it's another team we're discussing at three and O was to say the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC, but I'm not quite willing to go there yet. But I think you could see an NFC matchup, uh, NFC conference matchup game of them playing the Rams, uh, who we're going to get to. I think Dak Prescott, I thought even last week, I thought we were a little bit ahead of the conversation on Lamar Jackson for MVP, but I think Dak is going to be right in that conversation if he keeps playing the way he is. So speaking of the Cowboys, let's, and we're just comparing him to the Rams, the Rams at three and oh, buying or selling. I think it's a pretty easy. Yeah. I think you got to buy the Rams. I think so too. Uh, uh, Jared Goff to me, when I watch him play though, I still have a hard time coming to grips with how much they paid him. Right. With what we've seen so far, he is a different quarterback at home when he's in the comfy confines of his own stadium as opposed to when he goes on the road. Now, they still have won, but I I look at him and I see Sean McVay is a great offensive mind. Cooper Cup is having a resurgent year. He's looked awesome. He's got some talent around him. I do think they protect Jared Goff a little bit. Like, there's there's a communication in the helmet, right, where you can talk to the quarterback all the way up to 15 seconds uh, on the play clock, right. and then they cut that communication off. It's been their 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 plan of operation has been Sean McVay will be in his helmet and they'll get to play in so early that Sean McVay can still have enough time to say, all right, switch the play to this or this is where you should look in this play. Wow. Opposing opponents are starting to figure that out. Dang. And so they're starting to not show their defensive scheme until 15 seconds. And then Jared Goff's got to do it on his own. And I don't know if that's going to get him exposed or he I gets know. to a level a where it's you're, comfortable. You're telling me. That an NFL quarterback can essentially have like a tutor in his oh, ear yeah. until fifteen seconds on yep. the play clock. Yep, he can be telling him, "Hey, you're looking at the, you're looking at the seam on like absolutely." Oh, now we it's, now I I don't that'd I, be so dope if a point guard come down and up to like <laughs> right well like eight seconds left on the shot clock. You're walking him through a. I don't know, and I honestly don't know it. So I know it cuts off at fifteen hard. Like there's a hard fifteen out. Like right. it'll shut off on you. I don't know if you snap the ball. Let's say you let's say you just went up and you had a play called. If you snap the ball, if you can still tell you while the play is going on, like, hey, hit the Z. The Z is open. Right. I don't know if I would want that as a quarterback, but you absolutely, if you get to the line with 30 seconds, your coach could be saying, hey, there looks like they're playing cover two. You know, keep an eye out for this route. Oh, or, or. You know, even more so, there's plays that you dial up that you're going to like and that you design for certain coverages uh-huh. where the coach could give an affirmation and be like, yeah, this is the look we want. This is what Let's we, go with it. So you or, are, you're confident in where you're going with or that. Or we got to get out of it. And you might know your check so that when it cuts out, then you know the check, but he can still be in your ears, that little tutor. That's great. No, it is. It is yeah. pretty cool. They need to get it in college because I hate in college football when you see the double cadence and the quarterback 
everybody's in the line of scrimmage and he's like blue 52 blue 52 and he goes said hike and then they don't hike it and then he looks over have you seen that we got the ball yes everybody has over and the coach instead of in his ear signals them and then you go back it just a process takes way too long it slows down college football way too much all right a team that has one of the best quarterbacks in the game that has a new coach in Matt LaFleur, yeah. who we were very uncertain of how this was going to look. The Green Bay Packers are off to a 3-0 and start with a win over the Bears, which is pretty impressive considering that defense. Two of their division opponents, the Bears and the Vikings, and a win against the Broncos. Are you buying the Packers? I am selling, and this is going to be hypocritical because I didn't worry about like the Cowboys' third toughest remaining schedule. Like I just kind of glossed over that. But I do think it's a factor with the Packers. I don't know why. Um, you know, the offense still doesn't seem like it's really clicked. While there haven't been any real like grumblings coming out of um, uh, Green Bay, it seems like they're they're getting along and, and things are working fine. It hasn't really been super productive. That worries me. And ultimately, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is fantastic, but I still worry about whether there's enough weaponry there to to win against some of the the Patriots or the you know Kansas City or Dallas or teams like that. You know what I mean? The biggest surprise to me have been the Packers has not been anything about the offense. They're 28th in the NFL in total offense, 23rd in points per game. It's the defense. Right. The defense has been really good. When you watch them against the Bears, that opener, you're like, well, it's Mitch Trubisky. They're still kind of struggling, but. They've done a pretty good job, held Kirk Cousins in check. The Broncos aren't very good offensively either, though. So I look at them. I'm with you. I would say this. We don't have as an option, but I would hold. I would you know, yeah, buy a yeah. So I need to see a but little bit more from I, the Packers. Here's my, here's my deal. And basketball is kind of like this now. It used to be like defense, you know, defense, defense, defense. And then you had teams like Memphis less than a decade ago that were all defense. That didn't win anymore because people were scoring so many points. The pace of play was up so much. That you have to pair, you know, an average defense with a high-powered offense, and that's how you win. Average to better defense, super high-powered offense. So their defense is great. Yep. But while you're 28th in the league on offense, you're not beating the teams that are hanging points up there. Like you're not beating Patrick Mahomes. And like, the reason I would even say hold as opposed to sell is because Aaron Rodgers. Right. Like he's the X factor that if he gets back to anywhere near the comfort level or the 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 play that you saw of him just three or four years ago, then you're like, all right. I don't care what any, but any, I don't care what their rankings are. They could win the Super Bowl right. because if he plays at an elite level the way he's capable of, then maybe that's in play. So I'm going to say I'm going to hold on the Packers. The Detroit Lions, maybe one of the surprises of the season. I don't know. Keeping them as a quote undefeated team when they do have a tie in there to the yeah. Arizona Cardinals in that week one, that's a hard sell for me. So I would say sell this team. Uh, the wins over the Chargers and Eagles. The Chargers, I don't think are as good as we thought they were going to be this season. And the Eagles, were extremely banged up when they beat them, and then they tied the Cardinals. I'm going to sell the Detroit Lions. Did you just asterisk both, like asterisk? Is it asterisk? Yeah, asterisk. I did both of their wins. Um, I'm going to say. Well, I, I asterisk. I, I did that because of the tie. Like I, to totally. me, they can't be undefeated if they have a tie. Like it's not the same. No, but they I just qualified that. both of their losses. Like one team wasn't really good, <laughs> the other was banged up. But like, I did. Yeah, right. hey, hey, hey. That's why I'm selling. No, that's why I'm selling. Okay, I'm going to say another good story like the Bills. Like for yeah. Lions fans, step in the right direction. Um, keep the momentum going. Maybe next year around this time, if we're, we're having the same conversation, I buy. But right now, I'm on the sell train with you. One of these storylines for me coming into this season, like it was a, hey, what's Baker and the Browns going to do? What's Dak and this holdout going to be? What's it going to look like? And we're starting to find out some of those answers. One of the other storylines that didn't get a lot of conversation is Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he, he was this huge signing. John Lynch and Mike Shanahan paid him without seeing much. And I was, they were bad last year when they lost him. I was like, what the heck is going to happen with the 49ers? 
they have come out and looked pretty good, three and zero, with wins over the Bucks, Bengals, and Steelers. Their schedule remaining is pretty manageable, although their own division is pretty tough. But I would I would put them in a hold spot too. I need to see some more. I think they're a notch above every one of these teams that we talked about. I had an immediate reaction to it. Right, those eyeball test. This one I kind of left blank until the last minute. So I, 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 like I think I wanted to hold it, but I look at their stats in terms of you know like total offense, total defense, and a lot of the teams that we've already bought will be really high on one and relatively low on the other. Like they're the only team on here. They're fourth in the league total offense and second in the league total defense. Like their stats are supporting. The three and oh, I'm going to buy them. And maybe it's a, it's an early buy. Maybe it's a buy I don't 100% believe in, but it's a buy nonetheless. Uh, the O and three teams on the flip side, Dolphins, Jets, Bengals, Steelers, Broncos, Redskins, anything on any of those teams other no. than their garbage? No, I don't think so either. I think not one of these teams I think has a chance. Uh, only, um, uh, there have been 176 teams that have started on three. Only six have ever made the playoffs. There aren't going to be seven this year. You know what's crazy? I was just looking at this list. A lot of uh, a lot of quarterback issues on this list. That, it, it's the most important yeah. in the game. I mean, that's a lot of right? quarterback issues. And you got quarterback injuries. You're yeah, making mono changes. And... You got teams that are tanking. Sure. Like, I don't think any of these teams are going to turn around and make a run. Uh, Cam Newton. I did not get to do the show yesterday. Was traveling. Um, it was announced the Liz Frank injury. Have you ever had a Liz Frank? No. Have you had her? Never. No. Um, I don't know what's going on. But I feel like Cam Newton's tenure as the franchise quarterback for the Carolina Panthers is coming to an end. Whether that's because of Kyle Allen comes in there and continues to light it up because, man, he looked pretty special. Whether it's because Cam Newton is hurt and he misses a significant amount of time. Whether it's because his contract is at a spot where they have to make a decision. I just I feel like his time as the Carolina Panthers quarterback is done. Um, I kind of have a, a similar feeling. I said yesterday that I thought this was a good situation for the franchise, Carolina, um, to actually get to sit back, get to see more um, of, of Kyle Allen, get to you know take their time a little bit and, and assess the situation and really kind of go through the pluses and minuses and what your options were. I'm going to say today that I think it's actually a, probably a good thing for Cam Newton, right? I've watched him lately. I've said on air that he, he looks disinterested at times. The body language looks really bad. You've commented about like the, the wardrobe maybe meaning more to him than, than the football game planning and stuff like that. As I thought about him last night, he might be at a point where he is not really sure about what's going on with him. Like It happens to us as human beings, right? Not just athletes where you're kind of like in a weird place and you haven't taken the time to sit down and really figure out who you are right now and what direction you want to head in. And maybe this time away in the injury gives him some clarity on that. And maybe it is, Hey man, I don't, I don't you know, I'm body's banged up. I've rushed it over a thousand times. Like it's not worth it for me. I got other things that I'm interested in. Maybe it's that. And maybe it's, you know what? I don't want to go out like this. I want to, I want to prove to people that I'm not what they think I am. I'm going to rededicate myself to football and the preparation that has to go into it. And I'm going to come back better than ever. But in either case, like, I think this could be good for him too. Yeah. They get a fresh start, maybe go yeah. somewhere else. Although I don't know if he's going to want to take less money. Cause I think he views himself as a franchise quarterback that should be paid in the top five of the league, but timing wise, right. it's 30 to 35 million. A, I don't know if another team will be willing to back that up from with the health concerns, with some of the issues that sure. had creep up over the last several years. And I just don't know if Cam's going to, he's made a lot of money. If he's made a hundred million, is it worth it for him just to say, you know what? I, I got other stuff going on. Well, I do like fashion. That would TV. be, uh, that would be only um, if, if, if they weren't going to just move on from him for sure. Do you right. know what I mean? I, I, 
because I agree with you in in that guy at that point in his career probably not looking to go somewhere else, take a, a huge pay cut and start again. But if they were to say, hey, look, we're going to give you another run at this, like we haven't, like he's not our guy. Yeah. Like, you know, and Cam, what do you want to do? Yep. Maybe the time away gives him some clarity on what, what, what he then says to them if that's put in his lap. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. Um, Derek King, quarterback at Houston, has been the center of the college football world for the last couple of days because of decision he has made to redshirt mm-hmm. as the quarterback at University of Houston. Now, you may ask, why is that a big deal? Uh, I'll give you some context here, okay? So there's a new redshirt rule, which was just put in place last year, where you can play four games, and then you can decide to redshirt, and you don't get a year of eligibility held against you. Right. Now, the NCAA, I did think, um, had good intentions with this. The idea was, because you see it happen a lot in college football, back end of the season, you have injuries, your roster starts getting depleted. Um, and so what do you do if you need it? All of a sudden, you're you're thin at wide receiver. You have to burn a guy's red shirt, right? right. You know, and you only do it for two games, maybe the bowl game. And nobody likes it. It's, yeah. it, puts, it loses your eligibility for a young player. The coaches don't even want to do it, but they're like, hey, I got to field a, a roster. We still want to win games. So they burn red shirts that way. So that was the NCAA's intent. Now we've seen last year, Kelly Bryant played four games at Clemson. All of a sudden he gets benched. Trevor Lawrence comes in. He says, I'm shutting it down. I'm going to transfer. He goes on. He's a starting quarterback in Missouri right now. That was okay. Right. We're, all, we're all good with that. Now what we are seeing, what De'Ara King has done, and this is where it's unprecedented because we have seen quarterbacks or players, but a lot of it revolves around quarterbacks because there's only one position on the field that you can play. We've seen quarterbacks lose out on jobs, and so they say, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else. Or they you know, they get uh, whatever situation crops up. What we haven't seen is a quarterback who is clearly the starter, who last year set an American conference record with 50 touchdowns accounted for. He was one of the best players in the, in the league that he played in. This year, still putting up pretty good statistics, but the team is awful. The team is one in three. Houston is. They had some preseason expectations. He has a new coach in Dana Holgerson. And so he, along with another wide receiver who was the second leading receiver, say, we're going to shut it down and we're going to stay at Houston and come back next year and see if we can get this thing turned around and have a strong last year while you're there. Yeah. It's been real. It's like uncharted territory. I, I feel like you're trying to sell me. You already no. know what I'm going to say. No. What do you, I feel like you're trying to sell me. Like you're looking no, at no. me like, come on, buddy. Come with me, bud. <laughs> I'm saying come with me. Right thing. All right. There is no right thing in today's environment, right? Um, I just think this is an unintended consequence that hurts college football as a whole. But here's what we don't know yet is what is De'Ara King's plan? Because he's been pretty unsure. He called it one of the toughest decisions he's had to make. Sure. Um, I kind of feel like he's going to transfer. And that was my initial hunch was, whoa, this is weird. He's going to transfer somewhere else. Maybe he's going to try to be the next Jalen Hurts. But he already had a job. He was already playing. So I'm yeah. like, well, what's, what's the point here? 
Listen to Dana Holgerson, who explained it further and saying, wait a second, he's not transferring. He's going to stick around. He hasn't even entered the transfer portal. Here's what Dana Holgerson had to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there he is. I mean, that's you know, there's you, you don't. I mean, he's a he's a he's a special player, you know. And, and there's a, there's a lot of coaches out there that cheat, you know. So you know, I mean, uh, you know, he's gonna be up here in a minute. You guys ask him questions and everything, but you know, all indications are he's not going in the transfer portal. So if he's not in the transfer portal, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of against NCAA rules and regulations to be pursuing that, so to speak. So I I, I got no reason to believe that. I, I've never had. I've never got the impression that Derek is leading me astray in anything over the last nine months. He's a wonderful kid. He's he's a he's a he's a Houstonian. He's a Houston Cougar. He chose to come to this school, and I, I think he's very proud of, of, of being here and wants to continue to develop and, and and make the University of Houston football program as good as it possibly can be. All right, so that's Dana Holgerson explaining why he doesn't think he's transferring because he hasn't entered the transfer portal, uh, which would allow other teams to start talking to him. All right, Rajah Bell. If you are, let's say you're Rajah Bell, <laughs> offensive lineman on the Houston Cougars team, and you've been teammates with Derek King for four years, and you guys have been going to battle, and all of a sudden this is your senior year. Let's say you redshirted, so you don't can't you don't have this option. Yeah. And your teammate's saying, you know what? I'm peace out on this year. This year sucks. It's not going good. I'm gonna either bounce or I'm gonna maybe try again next year, but I want a do over. Are you cool with that as a teammate? We're one and three. Yep. So we're not going anywhere. Well, you might with him uh, as your chill, quarterback. Chill, you chill, might chill, make chill, a bowl. Chill, chill. He's already one and three, and he's already been there. Yeah. Am I? Am I a pro prospect? No. Let's no. say you're not. He you're is. Just, but let's say you want to make a bowl and game. He is. Yes. Hey, listen. This is where we part ways, brother. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. This is your future now. I'm not going to be a football player. Like that's in the cards for me already. I've got my. I got my, uh, you know, I know poli sci degree, whatever I got going on, that that's what I'm going to go on and do. If you've deemed football as your vehicle to like a professional career, then this is where we part ways. And that, it are you suck. upset with him at all? Um, maybe a level of salt, like probably a little bit. Like, damn man, that sucks. You know, probably more disappointed than anything. Um, but I'm going to be honest, like maybe a little salty. But at the end of the day, that you're talking about a livelihood, and you know. That's what it always boils down to with me when we get to this, you know, point of the conversation. Um, if that gives him the best chance, um, for a lot of reasons, like let's say you're a quarterback, and you know you've been running a system for forever, you get a new head coach come in, and you're tasked with having to learn that new system, all the verbiage, and execute in it in one year to put on the best show for the NFL, and it's not going smoothly. Like it's taking you longer to get it. Like the communication isn't where wouldn't you want that extra year to maybe be able to put on a better show the following year? Like I, I, there are a lot of reasons why I will always side with the kid and I get that it's about the team and, and all of this, except it's not like it's real, real talk. Like right. for, like for some people it is, for some people it's not, for some people it's about trying to be a professional, you know what I mean? And trying to be a pro and, but that's where I get a little uncomfortable. This is, this is new. Like, this has changed over the last yeah. 10, well, 15 years. Kids are brands at 12 years old now, 13 right. years old. The whole the whole conversation around sport um, and whether it's team versus like individual has changed. Like, and it changed years ago. We're just catching up to it. It's been changed. They were talking about this at the top 100 camp, um, the NBA top 100 camp. When I coached, I went through the coaching program. I don't know. This might be nine years ago now. They were already talking about 16-year-olds building their own brands and teaching them how to build their own brands. At that point, 
Like, it, the game has changed. Like, it's no longer about the team. It is about the individual. So his dad, who was um, talking to the media, yeah. said, sometimes you got to be, because he has in the past, you got to be selfish. He said at Houston, he played hurt. He played wide receiver. He played punt returner. He played kickoff returner. He played quarterback. He played running back. He's the most unselfish kid there is. But sometimes you got to be selfish to get what you want to get in life. There's only one you. There's only one life. So you've got to make sure you're good. So his dad said it better than I just said it, right? Because I didn't have all that backstory about the kid doing whatever they asked him to do with Houston. Right. But essentially, that's what my point boiled down to, right? Like sometimes you do. And that's always going to be a tough conversation. Uh, but that's just life. You know, at some point, you got to make the call that's best for you. And, you know, like you asked me about being the lineman on that team, man. If we've had three good years together, um, and this is where, you know, our part, our, our, has part ways like you know i gotta wish you luck bro like you know keep it moving yeah i still think this is all like i don't know what to believe i really don't because dana holgerson's kind of telling a message of if he's good with this he has been very out in front saying i'm okay with this then what are you telling the players like this is going to be a disaster season for houston so it's kind of like a version of tanking in the nfl if he's saying well we're gearing up for next year you still have eight games left and you're gonna go out there and basically roll out a product and some guys who are well, you know scrubs and getting dude, some young players? There's a risk involved. What if what if what if some, what if he gets Wally pipped, so to speak? And what if Derrick yeah. King sits Clayton down and there's a young in there. there's he a plays young well. yeah plays well like you've assumed some risk like right. don't and so you know that's what I would say if I were if I were you know the coach I'd be like Dana Holgerson look guys all right this is the decision he made while we support his decision because it's part of our family we're business as usual baby this kid's gonna drop in and we're not gonna skip a beat and yeah. i would say that like unabashed like hey dude we're we're trying to win if he comes back great but right now that's our guy i hope you know it's it's interesting because his dad seems like hey they're making this decision specifically for the nfl which is a, a lot of a, a lot of parents would view that as an option and he's yeah. played enough and he's played well enough to view that as an option what i would say is you could still get to the nfl and finish out this year yeah, with Houston. For sure. Or you could maybe hang it up this year and not play anywhere next year and try to really focus on the draft. But I don't know if that's going to put him in a better spot. Now, there's been a lot of speculation. Oh, he's going to go to Oklahoma. Well, Look see, what now- Jalen Hurts did. So maybe that's their plan is sit out this year, go to a better spot where you can be showcased in an offense that's going to have a lot more weapons around you. But I do feel like the NFL will find you if you've laid down as much as he has on film because he's been impressive. Yeah, I, I ultimately think I don't know. I haven't broken it. I mean, I don't know anything about playing. I can't evaluate right. quarterback, so I can't speak to that. But when you first told me, I'm like, look, all right, I hear what he's saying. But at the end of the day, if if you know Oklahoma comes calling or you know Texas, and I know they have a quarterback, but I'm just using big yeah. programs with potential like uh, like national championship uh, aspirations on the line probably going to bounce like and that's probably you know what would happen in that case scenario so you know yes you're trying to be a pro but if you could check two boxes um showcase yourself and your talents for the pros and in the process try to win a national championship and you got better weapons to throw to yep like that's a win-win yeah for sure i don't think this is the last time we're talking about derrick king just the matter of where is he going to be is it going to be derrick king at houston or oklahoma or somewhere else but we'll be all over it right here but yeah, I mean, I know we got to go to break, but I say this. I, your daughter's playing these leagues, right? Yeah. They play in basketball leagues. Yep. And, you know, I go to these leagues, and you sit down with, with the guys, and you're in a draft, and whoever's running the league is going to give you all these damn rules, like, in place. So you, you can't come outside. You can't guard outside three-point line, and we're not going to be able to do this, and there's no double teaming. And I, my, I always sit back, and I listen, and when they're done, I say, hey, listen, every rule that you create 
trying to like protect someone offers somebody like me a loophole to do something else and you're not going to like that. So every one you create, you got to create two more to stop me from doing what I'm going to do when you create the one. Yep. And it happens like that all the time. So why NCAA, I get it. (laughs) But now this is what you got, right? Like, I think they're going to have to walk it back and only make the rule applicable to freshmen and sophomores. Right. Because you're going to see more and more seniors. And there'll probably be another name or two that you'll start hearing creeping out. This was just a really high-profile player who decided to do it, and that's why we're talking about it. Welcome back to Ken Ellen Bell on this Wednesday. So we talked about uh, LeVar Ball not that long ago when there was an episode of Ball in the Family. It got really uncomfortable between Lonzo and Lamar, uh, LeVar. We're yeah. sitting there thinking, man, that would be awkward. And you could see on Lonzo's face he wanted to say something. like kind of wanted to go back at him, but there's definitely respect there for his dad. Uh, there's a relationship that has been cultivated over a long time. So now there are reports that they are not talking uh, in the latest episode of the Ball Family, Lonzo was asked how LeVar feels about the Pelicans trade. And you know what his response was? I don't know. We're still not really talking. Our relationship is not how it's been in the past. So we're not really talking too much right now. I really don't know how he feels. But I know he just wants what's best for me. He should be happy. I don't know. LeVar, on the other hand, says, no, nope, nope, nope. We are on the best of speaking terms. I'm not even going to go there. We've not, we not on the best of speaking terms. What? That's just a little setback. People can say what they want, do what they do. Me and him always going to be fine. It's just going to take some time. So we kind of walked it back even there in his answer. Yeah. Clearly the way he threw him under the bus, calling him discarded. What was the word? The term he said he was damaged. Damaged goods was the word. Call him damaged goods. He said, what should I throw away big baller brand? Um, and he, and he said, like, should people throw away Lonzo if they say he's damaged goods after the last couple of years? So like, I don't know that he said you're hey bro, you're damaged goods, but it was a little harsh in, in the show. Um, this just makes me sad yeah, right? because I have three boys, um, and I am an involved parent and, and as I'm sure you are. And if our relationship ever got to this point, um, because of my involvement, it would be, I, I, I'd be a really sad person. So I'm, I'm sad for him. I'm sad for his son who. Look, my first couple of years in the NBA, man, I needed more guidance than ever. I needed more support than I ever did. And so to lose it um, at that point is just the worst time. Like, it, you know, it, 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 for a lot of reasons, I'm sad, man. I, but I'll echo, you know, kind of or double down on what I said. Like the dad has to – That's he's a grown man now. You you have to let him be a grown man. Like you, whether you agree with everything he does or not, like God bless my dad. Like my dad is – is dope. He's awesome. And I know he does not agree with everything I do. I know it for a fact, mm-hmm. but he lets me be my own man. Like, and he, and he did at that point too. Now he's there for guidance when I needed it and when I asked for it, but he wasn't trying to control my life. And you know, to you got to get out of his way, bro. It's been what, like, obviously LeVar has been so implemental in all three of his boys lives, creating them, you know, being there for him, being a great um, and I applaud that. I do too. Like yeah. But I at think some point, I think you've got to realize, and this is maybe one of the downfalls of being such an involved father and such an involved parent, coaching them, yeah. training them, making sure they're, you know, hey, trying to put them on this path that you do have to let go at some point. And if you had the last say, and if they were always, and this is probably a credit to the kids being respectful of their sure. father, which is how it should be. Yes, dad, whatever you say, dad. And if he said something was really harsh, it was, it was just a, you know, kind of a hard t- style of parenting, which I think I'm totally okay with. Too many parents are way too soft on their kids nowadays. But at some point, you've got to realize, all right, I've done my job up to this point. 
Now I've got to let him be his own man. And Absolutely. you can still disagree, but he clearly, I thought he crossed the line in that last video that we saw when he did call him damaged good or insinuate that when he is still trying to force them to be a part of his business venture sure. with triple, uh, the big baller brand. At some point, you've got to say, you know what? I've kind of maximized all this. Now let's just kind of do our own thing. And I actually think separation and them not talking might be good for all of them. Like maybe could, the time away be. will allow LeVar to say, to do some self-reflection. Lonzo can kind of sprout his own wings and start growing up and maturing a little bit so that he can come back at his dad, maybe a little bit more reasonably and say, Hey, this is why I need to be my own man. Yeah. And it can be better for everybody. But ultimately I don't want to see, like, I want to see them have a great relationship. Sure. Like that's the hope. And maybe this time away kind of helps them when they aren't talking. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, I want to be, I've said on here before, I, I, I think LeVar Ball is a good dad. Like I see his interaction with those kids. Like I see, you know, the, the, the cultivating of the, of, of the brand and all of that as being, you know, something that he did for his kids. Um, and I think he's raised them. You can tell that they respect him and, 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 you know, they, there's a, a, a you know, a, a healthy respect for dad. But if you've done such a good job and, 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 you know, you've raised them the right way, then you got to trust when it's time to let him go. You know what I mean? And so, and I think that is actually a, you know, compliment and you should take it as one when your kids, you've raised young kids, women or men to at some point be able to say, Hey, you know what? You've taken me this far and and now I got to do it on my own. And if you, if you're confident in the job you've done, you should probably let them go out and try it. I, so I've been critical of our ball. Uh, and it's gotten some some pushback saying, well, wait, we need more African-American fathers that are like him. And I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. And people have a hard time separating. I think he's a great dad. I think he's an awful manager, agent, whatever you want to call it, that he's been playing this double role. I think he's he's completely failed him in that area and somewhat sabotaged and even cost him some money. Like we were joking. We were running out of time the last time. But if I'm Lonzo. I'm saying sign me up for Nike, Adidas. Let me go all betters and leave the Triple V band and the brand in the dust. Let yeah. me go somewhere else. And I don't think all his talking and chatter with the media has done any favors. If anything, it's made it tougher on Lonzo to succeed. Yeah, totally. And I look, I black, white, orange, red, yellow. I mean, your job is to empower your your kids, right? And and people, people in your family. Um Make them feel like they have their own voice, right? Teach them right, the right morals, the right values, so that when they put that voice on display, people respect what they're saying. It's not to keep them silent, right? Make them do what you want to do all the time and belittle their, you know, their their opinion. Like that's not your job. Your job is to empower them. So I, I, I agree with you. We need more great fathers, like we in the world in general, whatever color. But I, I don't believe that a father's job is to keep a, a child in their place when they're twenty some years old. Like you have to let that that you trust that you've done your job. Yep, for sure. Uh we've been getting some really good feedback on our fan questions. So you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. Uh you can subscribe, you can unsubscribe and then subscribe again. Do a little trick there to get us some more <laughs> credit from there. But we saw some really good response. In those comment sections when you talk about the show, ask us a question. So we've been doing NBA questions for Raja and we had from Adams nineteen ninety six asked do you think Lonzo Ball will fix his career in New Orleans? So Adams, nineteen ninety six. Um, let me get. First of all, um, I think I, I understand the question, but I, I want to say first and foremost that I don't believe there to be anything wrong with Lonzo's career. Uh, aside from having missed some games with injury, mm -hmm. like I, I think his career is fine, and I'll support that. Like by by drawing a comparison to Jason Kidd, um, Jason Kidd's numbers as a rookie. Um, or through his first couple of years were 14 points a game, 
eight and a half assists, six rebounds. All right. Lonzo's are 10, six and a half assists, and 6.2 rebounds, all in the same vein. Shooting percentages were identical. Like Jason Kidd, 38.3% from two. Lonzo, 38% from two. Jason Kidd, 31.1 from three. Lonzo Ball, 31.5 from three. All of those numbers are right there in the same. And there was not that narrative about JK. It wasn't. Like, Lonzo just came in so hyped that, um, you know, it was almost impossible for him to live up to that. Couple it with what the dad does. Right. Now it's an impossible thing to live up to. Now the missed games, 160 for JK uh, played versus the 99 played for Lonzo to this point is a thing. So staying healthy is a thing. I think that will be helped. In New Orleans, they've got um, Aaron Nelson, who was with me in Phoenix. Phoenix had pro- possibly the best medical staff in the NBA for years and years and years. They will help him along uh, with the playing more games aspect of it. In terms of his game continuing to grow like Jason Kidd's game did, New Orleans is going to be fantastic for him. Alvin Gentry and David Griffin are going to want to play fast. They're going to want to get up and down the court. Uh, you've got possibly one of the most electrifying finishers in the game running the lane with you now, you know, in Zion Williamson. Like, those are just going to be lobs. Those are going to be kick up ahead. Those are going to be plays that he makes. The best part of Lonzo doesn't lie within the stats that support that I just threw at you. It's, it's the way people want to play with him. When you watched him at UCLA, when you watched him in summer league, he didn't always make the assist. A lot of times he made the play that led to the assist, like getting it off of the rim because he's a big guard who can rebound, kicking that thing up to half court on an outlet pass, that guy taking two dribbles and then dishing it, and somebody's on top of the rim. Like Those are selfless plays, and when I watched him play at UCLA, why I championed for him in the draft was because I saw a bunch of dudes that wanted to run with him. Mm-hmm. Every time he had his hands on the ball, there were people whose eyes were lighting up because they wanted to get, you know, reap the benefits of what he was about to do. And I think that will be on display in an up-tempo style in New Orleans with kind of a, you know, he does not going to have that shadow of, of LeBron on him, so to speak now. And if he's not injured, he can get on the court. I think it's going to be a, a big year for Lonzo and New Orleans, quite frankly. All right, good stuff from you. Thanks for the uh, question there, Adams, 19, uh, yeah. 1996. Keep those questions coming. There's a bunch more I want to get to. Tomorrow I want to get to Lamella uh, Ball. There's rumors he could go number one in the 2020 draft. So I'm going to get your thoughts tomorrow on that.